0: And so anyway, now that we have everything all established, I'm going to go ahead and play some intro music. Why don't we? Maybe I'll start a local recording 1st let Let's do that. Get the local recording started. and Then we'll start. Now that the local recording has begun, we'll just start that intro music. Because it's good intro music. It's great. It's the best intro music in right-wing media. Courtesy of Scotty Jam Jam. Very talented fellow. Thirty third episode of the first stage of the program today is january 22nd 2024 being the current year it's a monday as usual and of course ladies and gentlemen fine members of the agenda binary if you happen to be listening on some other platform at some other time you download the podcast you watch the replays we would love for you to join us for the live program and give us a call at 217-688-1433 because you know this show is uh You know, it's not a show about necessarily the news of the day, timeless ideas, or whatever's on your mind, because that's the the catchphrase for another differently branded production. But, you know, that closely enough conveys the idea over here on Surreal Politics. We want to hear from you, if it's kind of pointless, as a matter of fact. Without you, I mean, what's the point? The whole entire point is to talk to you. But, you know, I'll do some talking, because I understand people do enjoy that. The United States Supreme Court, predictably, some might say, sided with the Biden administration today against Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Abbott had kicked Border Patrol out of Eagle Pass because they were being instructed to cut razor wire that Texas had put up to stop the flow of illegal immigrants. The Border Patrol, to the shock of many, endorsed Abbott's decision. Turns out they do not like being the facilitators of an unlawful invasion of the country that they are sworn to protect. But the Biden administration is less interested in protecting the country. Quite the contrary. They are a hostile entity embedded in the nation's central nervous system like a brain parasite. Rather than protecting America, they are working tirelessly to destroy it. And the Supreme Court, in a 5-4 decision that seemed almost designed to discredit the institution insisted that federal control over immigration is a sacrosanct, unquestionable, absolute, subject to no interpretation whatsoever, regardless of the circumstances, unlike those pesky, you know, First and Second Amendments and Fourth Amendments, you know, those things are all subject to negotiation. Those things, that's, that's the living, breathing part of the Constitution, you see. It's a completely different, you know, topic of discussion when the government opens up the borders— and ceases to enforce its laws, that still is supremacy, you understand. It's the only type of supremacy that we allow in the United States anymore. At the time that I was putting this together, Border Patrol had not yet retaken control of the area. There's a non-zero chance that this will be the start of America's next civil war. If Border Patrol goes in to remove the wire and Texas enforces local rule in defiance of the Supreme Court, the shooting will have begun and people will be forced to begin taking sides. Undesirable, though that may be, it may be preferable to the alternative. Choosing between civil war and foreign invasion, one is left with no good options. In either case, life as the society once knew it ceases to exist. One or more new sci- societies replace the old. But in the case of civil war, the nation might well remain. And this is not so with invasion. In revolution and civil war, the people replace the government. With this invasion, the government is replacing the people. And that is not something that I think that uh, the people ought to abide, quite frankly. 217-688-1433 if you'd like to be on the program. And the more you talk, the less I have to. So please do give us a call. Before I get much further into this, I want to send a shout-out to somebody who sent me a very clever note recently. He calls himself a very toothy boy. And every once in a while, he sends me uh, a clever note, say. And so thank you very much to a, a very toothy boy. I appreciate that, pal. Um... Let's hope it's... Oh, the Civil War (laughs) starts. I I go over to the Odyssey chat and I see Dan says, let's hope it starts. I'm like, is Odyssey broken? He's like, I'm like, oh, he's talking about the war. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Um, White Power in the uh, Odyssey chat says, why are our borders open when Americans aren't allowed to go anywhere? Well, yeah. What's kind of funny about this, you know, when I was, uh, you know, trying to reconcile my libertarianism with my draw to the right. I argued against the border wall thing cuz I'm like, hey, the wall's going to be used to keep us in you know. And Richard Spencer was like, no, like this wall is to keep people out. That's the purpose of it. And I was like that answer's way too simple. <laughs> that answer's way too simple, Richard, you know. But actually, yeah, like you could build a wall and like it can have a purpose and it can do things, you know. You can, you can actually institute policies and then follow through on them and then, like, achieve outcomes that's actually possible in government. You wouldn't know that by watching American politics, but that's the, that's actually the whole entire point. That you can have a policy with a purpose and adhere to that purpose <laughs> seems like a crazy idea. If you watch, like, American politics, you're like, no, the government's completely incapable of doing anything. We should all become caps and just abolish the system. What the hell is the point of these people? They don't do anything right. <laughs> But I'll tell you, I'm a little bit nervous about this thing down there in Texas, friend. I don't think that Greg Abbott's going to do it. I titled the episode today Caving In because that's exactly what it's going to do. I mean, it's not, you know, when I say a non-zero chance, I mean, you know, it's non-zero. <laughs> but it's pretty close, right? Is Greg Abbott going to tell the Texas military to go gun down the Border Patrol when they come to cut the razor wire? I think that's exceedingly unlikely. But it does beg the question like how do you stop the invasion like at some point if the, your country's being invaded you have to shoot somebody right like that's that's probably gonna that's probably gonna be the case I don't see any alternative to that Eventually, like you, you know you have a, an invasion and you've got a bunch of people with guns who are like no those guys are invading your country and you're not allowed to do anything about it like you know you I guess you got to shoot those guys right like somebody's gonna have to get shot eventually. And that's unfortunate, you know, because we don't have to do that. Like, we could just be like, no, guys, you're not allowed to come in anymore. And they'd be like, oh, okay. You know, sorry. Never mind. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. They are being told, come here. There was a thing on uh there was, I was watching Fox News today. Fox News is pretty funny right now. I saw more Nikki Haley ads today. <laughs> Nikki Haley is running ad after ad after ad after ad on Fox News. It's a big joke. Like, I've, I I turned it on this morning. I just sort of left it on the background. And it seems like every adver- every time they go to commercial, I'm looking at a Nikki Haley advertisement. These people are desperate, you know. And uh, because that's what, you know, that's what they want, right? They want Nikki Haley to go in there. And be like, no, Greg Abbott, you know, those people are not criminals. Doesn't matter if they're breaking the law. The criminals are the people who want to use social media without showing me their driver's license, don't you know? (laughs) 217-688-1433, you like to be on the program. And so, you know, I have no doubt that Greg Abbott's going to cave. And then there's going to be like millions more people are going to pour across the border, and that's going to happen while Donald Trump is running for president. So I guess you know that's the upside to it. I guess right. They're going to open up the borders, you know. Today the, they've already done it, you know. But they're going to make sure that it's very conspicuous as we go into the 2024 election. And if they win in that condition, right? Like if they, if they, if they're like, yeah, no, like Greg Abbott can't protect Texas from. Invasion. You're not allowed to do that. It's the whole entire point of having a federal government is to get the country invaded. I don't know what you Texans think you're doing. You're a bunch of backwards hicks. We're whole entire reason that we're here is to prevent you from protecting the country. Now, you people better go vote for us. Otherwise, you're a bunch of racists. You understand? And if they do that and then they and then they're like, yeah, we won the election on that platform. Well, that would be pretty interesting, right? Everybody's going to buy that nonsense. They'd be like, yeah, sure, of course we voted for that. I, everybody I know is like, yeah, of course the federal government exists to facilitate the invasion of the country. I I harbor some doubt that that'll go over very well, but, you know, these people are very clever, right? They, they don't care. They don't care. Two one seven six eight eight one four three three. you like to be on the program, and the more you talk, the less I have to. So please do give us a call. Let me pull up. I'm going to take a. I'm going to play a real quick. Uh, i play a clip, and I'm going to come back uh, in a couple minutes. Let me see. I'm going to play a non-soldier. Wait, wait. What was the last time I played that one? It's been a little while, right? I haven't played this one. This one I haven't played. i will do that. Come on, go ahead. Whenever you're ready, computer, just go ahead. I don't want to, you know, Russia or anything like that. We wouldn't want you to... Yeah. The last time I felt this optimistic, Donald Trump had not yet been sworn in as president. Those weeks between his 2016 election victory and the beginning of his administration were, for me, among the most hopeful days of my life. Prior to this, I had become convinced that societies follow a more or less universal trend whether according to the Strong Men Make Good Times theme or the Liberty to Abundance, Abundance to Apathy model, I had become more or less certain that I was born to endure the declining phase and that my only role in this world was to suffer through it and attempt to discover the strength to build a better world on the other side. For what was, in the grand scheme of things, a very short period, I thought perhaps there was hope to avoid the most painful consequences of that decline. I thought perhaps the trend might even be reversed, Maybe, just maybe, we had learned enough from history that this time around we were not necessarily doomed to repeat it. The following year, from my cage in Albemarle County, Virginia, I was more or less dissuaded of this view. There in solitary confinement, I made peace with my fate. The trials and tribulations to follow were, however unexpected in their specifics, by no means categorically surprising. I and others like me were to be persecuted. Lies would prevail over truth frenzied celebratory destruction would be granted greater social approval than childbirth and lesser forms of creation. Death would be neither more nor given any special spiritual significance but rather take on a rather mundane character given its chaotic pervasiveness. From another cage years later, alone once again, with little but my own thoughts, I read the Bible twice. I listened to it more accurately. They gave us these modified Android tablets at that jail, which included with them a Bible app that offered several different versions of the Bible as an audiobook. I listened to two different versions of it, I took many notes as I did. I was truly surprised at the comfort this gave me. I was even more surprised at the wisdom that I perceived in it. I did not consider it an accurate historical record by any but many stories we learn over the course of our lives enjoy something of a duality in their straddling of the line between truth and fiction. Fables, perhaps being the best example, teach us very real lessons by telling us about animals who speak whatever the language of the human storyteller. Upon reflection, one might marvel at the number of dialects in which that fox learned to curse those grapes as sour. More to the point, the Bible and other stories like it tell us to expect suffering in this life and to store up riches in heaven. This much I understood from compulsory study as a child. I used to think this was a terribly destructive thing to learn and bordering on criminal to teach. I have loved America's Declaration of Independence from my earliest memories of it, and in particular that part about the pursuit of happiness. Telling the people that happiness was to be found only in death seemed to me rather morbid and not at all conducive to human flourishing. But I pursued happiness in many ways for many years, and though I smiled and laughed and, shall we say, found much in the way of carnal enjoyment, happiness was not forthcoming fundamentally. Satisfaction was always so fleeting and ephemeral. One chases it from one moment to the next like a drug addict, and in some moments this was no metaphor for a homo correspondent. Only after I took a more active interest in politics and studied philosophy for this purpose did I find anything that could fairly be described as contentment. I was by no means content with the state of our politics, of course, but internally, having purpose beyond my next paycheck and how to spend it beyond even the horizon of my own existence, in this I found the meaning of eternal life. This gave me a certain sense that I might find some opportunity even in death. I did not and do not think that I will go to heaven, and even if I believed in God, I do not think my character quite measures up such a reward, but rather that the idea of me my presence in the world and my impact on it that they are what constitute who i am far more than the physical material which experiences pleasure and pain in this sense i was not a body but a force that force even in the most deterministic of worldviews had no expiration date my body could pass at any moment and so long as i had previously made the right investments of my energies that force could continue on in eternity this you could in a sense say was when i died I have since been a dead man walking, uprightly, and quite content, I might add. I am amused by threats, because dead men are rather difficult to intimidate This is not to say that I am unfazed, mind you. I am deeply disturbed much of the time, most of it, really. I am plagued by dark visions of what may befall my fellow man, and women in particular, and I feel personally responsible for all of it. I curse myself for not having the power to stop this. As I am made to suffer, whatever the ostensible cause of the suffering may be, I consider it just punishment for that failure. And while that might not sound to you like the achievement of happiness, I would endeavor to correct you. This is a limitless fountain of purpose, and that is the only real currency in life. Dispensing now with our poetic element, I'll get to the point. My hopeful sense of the day is not born of my contentment with the grim, but rather with the prospect that we might all enjoy another brief moment in the sun before the darkness inevitably returns to join us in this eternal struggle. All right, welcome back to Surreal Politics 2176881433 like to be on the program and the more you talk the less I have to. So please do give us a call. Here's a story in, o- in, the, uh, in the AP about the Supreme Court decision today. A divided Supreme Court on Monday allowed Border Patrol agents to resume cutting, for now, razor wire that Texas installed along a stretch of the U.S.-Mexico border that is at the center of an escalating standoff between the Biden administration and the state over immigration enforcement. The 5-4 vote clears the way for Border Patrol agents to cut or clear concertina wire. It's like razor wire if you don't know that Texas has put along the banks of the Rio Grande to deter migrants from entering the U.S. illegally. Some migrants have been injured by the sharp wire because they're breaking our goddamn laws, and that's what happens when you try to walk through Constantino wire. But, you know, you can't expect these people to be very smart because that's why their countries are terrible places and they want to invade ours. That's not what the AP said, you might have (laughs) gathered. some migrants have been hurt by the sharp wire oh well we better get that out of the way we wouldn't want the people who are invading the country to get injured by the defense devices that we put there god forbid you know we better get that concertina wire away from the prisons because the escapees might be harmed by the wire oh you ever think about that you criminals you monsters don't you care about those escaping prisoners (laughs) and the justice department has argued that the barrier impedes the u.s government's ability to patrol the border including coming to the aid of migrants in need of help that's right because the reason that we have a border patrol is to aid these people (laughs) we don't want those people to get hurt we want the border patrol to go pick them up and drop them off in your neighborhood you understand None of the justices provided any explanation for their vote. And why would they? The one page order is a victory for the Biden administration while the lawsuit over the wire continues. And of course, you know, that's the gimmick, too, right? That's how they get you to cave, you see. okay, fine. We're still fighting. Greg Abbott gets to say, no, it's not over. Like we're fighting the Biden administration on this decision to take away our ability to protect Texans from rapists and murderers and drug dealers. We're still fighting. We're not giving up when the Border Patrol comes in and cuts down the wire and facilitates the invasion. It goes and picks them up and drops them off across the street. That's not what's happening. We're still fighting them, you see. Texas Governor Greg Abbott had authorized the wire, one of a series of aggressive measures that the three-term Republican has taken on the border in the name of curbing illegal crossings from Mexico. His spokesman said the absence of a razor wire and the other deterrence encourages migrants to risk unsafe crossings and makes the job of Texas personnel more difficult. Quote, this case is ongoing. Yes, of course it is. That's exactly what I said, right? The case is ongoing and Governor Abbott will continue to fight to defend Texas's property and its constitutional authority to secure the border. Abbott spokesman Andrew Malhalaris said, well, you know, as a matter of fact, no. Like, that's actually not what you're doing. You're not fighting to do it at all. The Supreme Court is like, yeah, go ahead. You guys got to let them invade the country. And you're like, all right, guys, let's go let them invade the country and we'll keep on talking to the people who are killing us. A spokesman for U.S. Customs and Border Protection did not immediately return a message seeking comment Monday. A federal appeals court last month had forced federal agents to stop cutting the concertina wire. The concertina wire stretches for roughly 30 miles or 48 kilometers near the border city of Eagle Pass, where earlier this month the Texas military department seized control of the city-owned park and began denying access to border patrol agents. Eagle Park has become one of the busiest spots on the southern U.S. border for migrants illegally crossing from Mexico. Abbott has said Texas won't allow border agents into the Shelby Park anymore, having expressed frustration over what he says are migrants illegally entering through Eagle Pass and then federal agents loading them onto buses. Abbott also authorized installing floating barriers in the Rio Grande near Eagle Pass and allowed troopers to arrest and jail thousands of migrants on trespassing charges. The administration is also challenging those actions in federal court. In court papers, the administration said the wire impedes Border Patrol agents from reaching migrants as they cross the river and that, in any case, federal immigration law trumps Texas's own efforts to stem the flow of migrants into the country. Texas officials have argued that federal agents cut the wire to help groups crossing illegally through the river before taking them in for processing. Chief Justice John Robertson, Justices Amy Coney Barrett, Ketanji Brown Jackson, Elena Kagan, and Sonia Sotomayor sided with the administration. Justices Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Clarence Thomas voted with Texas. And, you know, I I mentioned in the monologue, I said like, oh, this almost seems like designed to discredit the institution, okay? So, you might recall like we've got a long history of 5-4 decisions that always go in favor of the left and then Donald Trump becomes president puts some supreme court justices in and you're like, "Oh, now we've got, you know, a 6-3 Republican court." Now, of course, you've got John Roberts, who's a Bushite and will go and, you know, vote with the left. He he, he has this idea and is head, or he purports it's a complete lie, obviously. But he purports to have this idea that like oh, well, you know, we don't want to have radical changes or whatever. We know that the Democrats, they institute radical changes all the time, but once they do, we're conservatives, you see. And because we're conservatives, we don't want anything to change, even if it's to undo the things that the maniacs who were here 15 minutes ago did. We don't want to, we don't want to rock the boat, you see. Conservatism, to John Roberts means becoming the new guard of the old revolution, you see? And so it's not surprising that he voted with them. I wonder what was going through the mind of Amy Coney Barrett, however. I don't think that there's any plausible excuse for her to do that. We expect John Roberts to do that, which is why Amy Coney Barrett going into the Supreme Court mattered, right? When you had a 5-4 Supreme Court and just and John Roberts was one of those five, you're like, oh, well, obviously we know what's going to happen now. John Roberts is going to sell us out, right? You know that that's going to happen. Why is Amy Coney Barrett in there if this is what she's going to do to us? That completely defeats the entire purpose of the enterprise, you see. Two one seven six eight eight one like to be on the program and the more you told the less I have to, so please do give us a call. It's truly infuriating. Let's see here. Goliath T V thing, does it work today? I just you know I don't know if it's worth bothering anymore. Yeah, it's working. Okay, good. It just doesn't want to play until I refresh the page and hit play 10 times. That's all. That's all. Everything's fine. It's just it just doesn't play when you hit play. You know, it's kind of the thing. And so that's that's the state of streaming in 2024. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to fix that, I think. We'll be working on that for sure. (laughs) You know, we'll try to we'll try to see what we could do about that. Uh two one seven six eight eight one four three three. What else do we got here? Tomorrow's the New Hampshire uh, primary, and uh, you know, if you're a New Hampshire resident, maybe you don't like Trump, okay? Can you do me a personal favor? I can't vote. You know that? I was convicted of a felony, and I'm not off of probation yet. In New Hampshire, a convicted felon can vote if their whole sentence is served, okay? and i'm still on supervised release which means that my sentence is not yet served technically okay i went to prison i got out of prison but i'm still doing time essentially so if you like don't feel like voting or whatever and you're like screw this guy can you can you go cast my vote for me can you please do that can you please go vote for donald trump i'd really appreciate that a lot that would be really, I'd feel really good about that. And if you want to, if you you could brag about it to me and I thank you profusely, you send me an email, I'd be like, hey, I've, I wasn't going to do it, but I voted for you. I'll reply to your email and I'll say, thank you so much for doing that. It means a lot to me. And it really will. It's not, that's not like a joke. That's not, I, I, I'll really be profoundly touched by that. And I'll be very grateful. You know, when I was like involved with the libertarians or whatever, I started thinking that voting was stupid, right? Like, oh, you know, you can't, What? Well, how is it, if I don't have the right to take your money, how can I vote for someone else to take your money? That's like the whole libertarian thing. You, If you don't have the right to do something, you can't confer that right upon the government, right? And so I didn't care. Like, what, what do I care if I can vote or not? What do I care? It's a big scam. Oh, you know, you take a lot of things for granted until they're gone, you know? And this is my second presidential election that I can't vote in, and I'm really pissed about it. I'm really, really upset about it. I'm a lot more pissed about my guns, for damn sure. <laughs> if I cursed just now, I don't even know if I did. I'm trying to think if I just cursed. If I did, I'm very sorry for the F or the S or whatever I did. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not entirely certain, but I'm upset about it. But, uh, you know, these things, sometimes they happen. Yeah, you know, just another ODC Or he mentions. Um, this is hilarious. So we've got, you know, however number of people viewing. We've got four down votes on the Odyssey video and seven up votes, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, white likes matter. Please do um, go ahead and make, uh, go upvote the video. That would be very helpful. It more people see the video when you upvote it, right? And we need to do that. We need to we need to work on some serious, you know, promotion. I love the existing audience of this show, and I would not, um, I would not to to have a million people watching me and paying me a dollar each an episode. I I would not let go of you. I swear to God about that. But it would be nice if we could try to get more people watching. And one way that you can do that, it's like the easiest thing in the world, is you just up upvote the videos and, you know, hit like on things and like, follow, share, subscribe, you know. And I don't do enough of, like, demanding that from you because, you know, I just try to focus on the content. I, you know, I don't want to be like, yeah, 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 all business. I don't, you know, I don't do advertisements and other stuff. But uh, I should do it more often because, you know, if you go smash that fire button, you go smash that thumbs up wherever it is that you're watching, whether it's on Odyssey or Rumble or Goem TV, whatever, it actually makes more of a difference than you might realize. And I would love to uh, I'd love to get this in front of more people. You know, especially Surreal Politiques, right? I mean radical agenda, you know, we'll get you know, if they come to Surreal Politics, they'll find the radical agenda. But surreal politics is like great, you know, it's introductory, right? Like we'll introduce people to this entire category of thought and then like They'll, will rock their whole world. You know, they'll come in, they'll turn in, they'll be like, I won't be cursing that much, and when I do, I'll apologize. <laughs> and they can listen to it and not be like, oh my God, this guy's crazy, you know. And then they'll be like, oh, what's this other uncensored show that he does? Oh my God, it's a completely, you know. It's a really great idea, and I'm glad to say that I come up with great ideas all the time. Very smart guy, that's why uh, That's why you guys pay me. ChristopherCantwells.net slash donate. Givesengo.com edgy slash uh, SPM. Edgy Chris on Cash App. And so all those options are available to you. 217-688-1433. You like to be on the program. And the more you talk, the less I have to. So please do give us a call. But, yeah, so the primary is tomorrow, and Trump's going to take it home. Ron DeSantis dropped out of the race. <laughs> and when he dropped out of the race, this was pretty funny, actually. Let me actually see. I've got to go grab this video. I don't have it handy, but I'll I'll go find it. Um, Ron DeSantis, when he dropped out of the race, he took a shot at Trump on the way out, which was like the dumbest thing in the world. Ron DeSantis drops out. You know, why are these things so useless? You know, just like, can I just just go to Twitter, then you stupid idiots? You know, I try to do like the video search on DuckDuckGo, and they're like, "Here's a bunch of news stories about the thing." I'm like, "Just show me the video of Ron DeSantis, you retards! I don't need, the, I don't need you to go find it for me. Shut up." <laughs> Here we go.
1: I've chosen public service from joining the United States Navy and serving in Iraq to representing the people in the U.S. Congress and now serving as governor of Florida. And it reminds me why I decided to run for president, to fight for those who have been forgotten in this country. This is America's time for choosing. We can choose to allow a border invasion or we can choose to stop it. We can choose reckless borrowing and spending or we can choose to limit government and lower inflation. We can choose political indoctrination, or we can choose classical education. These choices are symptoms of the underlying struggle to ensure that constitutional government can endure and that Western civilization can survive. And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border, and restore sanity (laughs) to our society. We cannot succeed as a country if we allow our nation to be invaded, our currency to be debased, our cities to crumble, and our kids to be indoctrinated. The DC elites who facilitated this mess do not care about you, and they do not work for you. They work for themselves. They seek to accumulate power at your expense to pursue an agenda that is harmful to the American people. Citizens do not serve politicians. It is the duty of politicians to serve you. Talk is cheap, actions speak louder than words. Reversing the decline of this nation requires leadership that delivers big results for the people we are elected to serve. I have a record of leading with conviction, championing an agenda marked by bold colors, delivering on my promises and defeating the people who are responsible for our nation's decline. That is the type of leadership we need for all of America. Now over the past many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country to deliver a message of hope that decline is a choice and that we can, in fact, succeed again as a nation. Nobody worked harder and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci.
0: So. You know, people have been like, okay, maybe Ron DeSantis could be vice president. Well, not anymore, dude. I don't know what's wrong with this guy, man. You know, he's not hes not a savvy political actor, you know. The, to run against Trump was incredibly stupid, right? If he had just waited another four years, I don't I remember how old he is, but he's not an old guy. He could wait four years to be president. Whether he wanted to be VP or not, that's obviously hazardous because, you know, the the job of the VP is to fall on his sword to protect the president. Right. Uh, you know, the the, uh, the theory is that if the president dies that he becomes the boss. But, you know, you saw when Trump was like, I'm putting Mike Pence in front of the covid pandemic. It's like, oh, man, <laughs> loyal soldier Pence, you know, <laughs> you know, at least until after January 6th. And, uh. So I could understand if he doesn't want to be VP, but why take the shot at him on the way out? Like, you know, like, yeah, by the way, F you, Donald Trump, I'm not going to play along. I'm not part of your team, but watch me just pretend that I'm part of the team with just a little bit of F you because I can't help myself.
1: Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackage formed of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters who have stood by us through it all, that we had people volunteer to come to Iowa in the middle of a blizzard to knock on doors and make phone calls touched us dearly. No candidate had more thrown at him, but no candidate had so many committed volunteers and staff. Finally, I wanna thank my wife, Casey, and our kids, Madison, Mason, and Mamie. Casey's gone far above and beyond in her support for our campaign and for our cause. She's not only a great wife and mother, she's a great American who cares deeply about the future of the country that our kids will inherit. Our kids have seen and done a lot on the trail, From playing on the famed Field of Dreams baseball site in Iowa, to making their first snowman in New Hampshire. They are one of the reasons we fight (laughs) so hard for what we believe in. Winston Churchill once remarked that success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. While this campaign has ended, the mission continues. Down here in Florida, we will continue to show the country how to lead. Thank you, and God bless.
0: And so, you know, that video was pretty good, save for that parting shot. I don't know why he did that. I think that that was just so incredibly stupid. There was nothing to be gained from that, Ron. But you know, maybe it made him feel good. Maybe somebody threw a million dollars at him for saying it. Here's your last million, Ron. Go ahead, <laughs> give us give us uh, give us a little shot at Trump on the way out, because we're petty, vindictive scum, you see. <laughs> Two one seven six eight eight one four three three. You like to be on the program? Here's another one that I thought was pretty funny. I meant to get to this on Radical Agenda, and that's probably the more appropriate venue for it. But this is his. I can't. I, I phones were packed on Friday, and I didn't get to it. <laughs> this is too funny. So, this uh, idiot. Um,
2: these are not little kinks. First of all racism institutional racism is in the dna of this country come on come on when you look at uh, excuse me
0: hang on a second okay so this is representative barbara lee and you might be able to tell just from her whining about racism that she's not what you might consider to be an intellectual powerhouse she's kind of a dummy okay and that you know it runs very common with these people and by these people i mean you know Members of Congress who are in the Democrat Party. That's all I mean by that. I'm not saying anything that should be interpreted as racist. We're on Rumble, and that's against the rules there. Um, but these people are very stupid. You understand? And she's about to say something completely preposterous. And when she does, when 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 this, when this, uh, you know, this, when this person sort of this thing over here. When she says the dumb thing, watch her eyes, okay? So this one on the left, her name is Caitlin Collins, all right? And Caitlin Collins is not, she's not um, an intellectual powerhouse either. She's a propagandist for the Communist News Network, okay? But even she finds this very difficult to put up with.
2: These are not little kinks, first of all racism, institutional racism, is in the DNA of this country. When you look at uh, what has taken place, look at the, our Native Americans, the genocide of Native Americans. When you look at what has taken place as it relates to African-Americans, uh, the 250 years plus of enslaving African-Americans. And then you look at the disparities now uh, in our community in terms of health care, un- unemployment, the wealth gap, housing. You can't tell me that systemic racism does not exist. It's not just a little king.
0: OK, so as a matter of fact, I could if I wanted to. But. Um, uh, uh, You know, I'm not going to say that systemic racism doesn't exist because it's very clear that the the government of the United States is working against the interests of particular ethnic groups. So I'm actually not going to make that case, but I could. Because what you're saying, Representative Barbara Lee, is that the fact that this group of people has less than this group of people is evidence, prima facie, that the government, there's systemic racism, that the government is institutionally biased against this group. And that's completely and utterly preposterous, because there's no attempt to analyze the situation whatsoever. You know, if you were to discover, for example, you know, let's just say that you were to look at crime statistics and find out that one ethnic group was occupying more space in our prisons than another, maybe even maybe even not more space, but a disproportionate representation, say. And then you find out that not only is it disproportionate representation, but actually 13% of the population occupies, you know, more than half of the prison space. And then you say, like, oh, well, look at that. That's obviously racist because it's unequal. Okay. Well, what if it turns out that those people are, you know, committing, you know, half of the violent crimes and they're 13% of the population? If that were to occur, then, you know, you might... You might actually say, like, why is this ethnic group committing all of the crimes and why are those racists destroying the country? We should put them in prison, as a matter of fact, for that. That's probably a good—as a matter of fact, it's like a genius idea. So if they're committing all the crimes, you'd be like, listen, you racist monsters, you're going to prison for a very long time because it's racist that you constitute half of the violent crime in the country, you see. But Rep. Barbalee doesn't think about things in those terms, which she is like, oh, well, look, you know. These people have this stuff and these people have this stuff. So until you until we take it from you by force, then it's racist. When we take your stuff, that's not racist. You see. That's her attitude. And Caitlin Collins is perfectly fine with that. At this point, she's looking dead at the camera like, yeah, that's right. Go take those white people's stuff. I know. Yeah, that's right but it gets even dumber than this.
2: Secondly, you have personal racism, which is hard to address, but I'll give you one little story that shows you why uh, we need to understand that I don't think she really understands racism. I was walking from the house building on Capitol Hill to the Capitol and a man, a white guy, stopped me. And told me i could not get into the members elevator and you know we have uh, pens and i was going to vote and he blocked me from getting into the elevator and told me i was not a member of congress and it was for members only i said sir i'm a member of congress and he i showed him my pen and he said whose pen did you steal now this is (laughs) look
0: at this woman's face okay what that's preposterous i don't believe that stuff i understand that this is the cnn audience lady But these people are not going to buy an endless string of complete nonsense. Eventually, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? That's not really happening. We all know that you're lying, you know. Oh, I can't make that maximized. You know, uh, uh, that sucks. I should have. Maybe if I open this up in a web browser, maybe. Open with. Yeah, let's open this up in a web browser. (laughs) <laughs> okay, that one, and what's the other one? Open where come on. What are you doing? Oh, no, this is a MP. I don't want the MP4, I want the stupid thing. All right, whatever, you get the idea. She's very unsatisfied with this thing those of you who are listening to the audio only you're probably confused I'm trying to show like a an isolated clip of her being very uncomfortable with this statement Caitlin Collins as representative Barbara Lee tells a flat-out lie on CNN because she's like it's CNN of course I can lie here it's the whole entire point it's why we have CNN but the big joke here is not just that it's a lie it's not even just that Caitlin Collins is like oh my god you idiot what are you doing here's the funny thing about this really it's not just that she's making this story up what's actually the case you so like you have to imagine i don't know exactly how but with certainty members of congress have more than a stupid little pin to identify themselves as members of congress right so this woman not only is this story untrue but she's been walking around in the halls of Congress for however long she's been there, and she's never had to identify herself to anyone ever, okay? Because she doesn't even know how to do it, you see. Oh, I have a pin. Yeah, well, where's your badge? Where's your ID card? Do you have a driver's license? Shut up, racist. Racist. Not only is she lying, she's never, ever, ever had to prove that she was a member of Congress the whole time that she's been there. Can you imagine? They talk about, you know, the January 6th, oh, the Capitol was invaded, insurrection. Just any idiot looking like this moron can walk around the halls of Do you think that everybody, do you think that everybody guarding the Capitol knows who every member of Congress is? I'd be very surprised if that was the case, because I'm sure that there's a lot of really stupid people, you know, guarding the Capitol, like that, like that monster who shot Ashley Babbitt, who left his gun on a toilet, and shot her for no reason at all, and then called in and said there were shots fired, and he was lying. So there's dumb people guarding Congress. You know that that's the case, and. They don't identify these people. It's just, you just walk around Congress. Like, yeah, I'm a congressman. I've got a pin. Well, whose pin did you steal, Negress? Do you think for one second that we would not know that guy's name if this had happened? Would she like, be like, oh, you know, this thing happened, you know, that, you know, back in the day or whatever. I just let it go because I'm so used to being treated like a Negro slave that it never even occurred to me to, like, rat this guy out. If somebody talked to her and was like, hey, um," you know, any number of things, right? How many times has she gone to some authority and complained about some, you know, racist incident? Do you think that she would pass up the opportunity to? I don't know if she ever has or not, but do you really believe that this maniac who's telling this ridiculous, nonsense, completely fictional story on CNN, do you think for one second that she would pass up the opportunity to be like, this is the man who said I stole a pin? No, she absolutely would not do that. That's that's the craziest, most ridiculous part of the story, obviously she would not pass up that opportunity. And she's like, oh, yeah, I deal with racism so frequently, and I just never go and identify the person who did it because I'm such a swell gal. I'm so used to being racially denigrated that I just kind of like, well, you know, I just like weeks, months, later, years, whatever. When I'm on CNN, I just tell all of the stories about how I was abused while I was a member of Congress by an employee of the United States government who accused me of stealing. And Caitlin Collins, you buy that, right? And Caitlin Collins is like, no, absolutely. I don't. I understand that this is the CNN audience. I take advantage of all them all the time. I understand that they're stupid. That's why I work here. But they're not vegetables, you stupid idiot. What's wrong with you? Don't do that here. That's what she's doing with her face right now.
2: <laughs> An example of what personal racism is and how people of color constantly have to deal with this each and every day. But systemic race yeah
0: yeah, they, she deals with this every single day, you see. She's so used to being accused of stealing congressional pins and, you know, just impersonating a member of the Congress. That she doesn't bother to mention it until she's on with caitlyn collins and caitlyn collins is like i need to close my eyes and pretend that i'm asleep so that i don't have to
2: respond to this racism is in the policies of this country and just look at what they're trying to do in terms of eliminating diversity equity and inclusion they're trying to uh, not allow for an equal and level playing field uh, and so it's hmm. a very dangerous uh, position <laughs> that she has uh, she's clueless
0: well that's a shame, and I'm sorry that, that you had to deal with that, Congresswoman. Thank you for sharing that with us, and thanks. Yeah, what she means by that's a shame, she means I'm completely ashamed of myself for allowing that to go out over the airwaves. <laughs> you know, I can't be- I'm so full of shame right now that I just saw that, and I don't have the courage to stand up to you and say what this everybody in the audience knows, which is that you made that up. That you come on my news station and you say that people of color have to deal with this every single day. And I understand what will happen to me if I call you out. I watched, uh, before the show today, I watched the Ingram angle. (laughs) And Laura Ingram talked about this. And she was like, (laughs) I just... I went over to go look at the Odyssey chat. Just another ODCer says, "I'm guessing the pin is an Israeli flag lapel pin." <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't be accused of stealing that. They'd be like, "Oh, you know, one of the many lobbyists here pinned that on you, and uh, that makes you a member of Congress." You know. <laughs> But Laura Ingram is like, we are deeply offended by this, and we have contacted the Capitol Police, and we are demanding that they release the footage of this abuse so that we can find out who did this to Representative Barbara Lee. We have not heard back from the Capitol Police yet, but we will follow up, and we will let you know if they get back to us. Ha, 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 Something tells me that they're not going to get that video, you know. That's going to be harder to find than the video of, you know, Jamal Bowman pulling the fire alarm, you know. You know, because he he pulled the fire alarm. You remember, he was not trying to stop the vote. He wasn't waging an insurrection. He was not actually trying to delay the vote and obstruct governmental performance, no. What he did, he was just so stupid stupid, you understand. He's completely retarded. And so when he was bumbling about the United States House of Representatives, he pulled the fire alarm instead of pushing on the the door uh, because he's not of human intellect, you see. (laughs) Oh. 217-688-143. 217-688-1433 like to be on the program and the more you talk the less I have to. So please do give us a call and if you don't then I'm going to end the show, you know, in 1 hour instead of 2. But I'll pull up some news stories and we'll see what happens. Uh let's see here. There's apparently some fake Joe Biden robo calls telling New Hampshire Democrats not to vote Tuesday. That's kind of funny. This story over at uh, NBC News, trying to like give people ideas, I guess. Uh, The call, an apparent imitation or digital manipulation of the president's voice said voting this Tuesday only enables Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. (laughs) Manchester, New Hampshire, the New Hampshire Attorney General's office is investigating what appeared to be an unlawful attempt at voter suppression after NBC News reported on a robocall impersonating President Joe Biden that told recipients not to vote in Tuesday's presidential primary. Quote, although the voice in the robocall sounds like the voice of President Biden, this message appears to be artificially generated based on initial indications. The Attorney General's office said in a statement, these messages appear to be an unlawful attempt to disrupt the New Hampshire presidential primary election and to suppress New Hampshire voters. New Hampshire voters should disregard the content of this message entirely. The investigation comes after a prominent New Hampshire Democrat whose personal cell phone number showed up on the caller ID screens of those receiving the call filed a complaint. What a bunch of malarkey, the robocall phone message begins, echoing a favorite Biden term. The message says, quote, it's important that you save your vote for the November election. <laughs> Voting this Tuesday only enables Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. (laughs) The message concludes with a phone number belonging to Kathy Sullivan, a former New Hampshire Democratic primary uh, party chair, I should say, who now runs a super PAC supporting the campaign to urge New Hampshire Democrats to write in Biden's name in the primary. Biden's name does not appear on Tuesday's ballot, a consequence of state elections officials setting the date of the primary before the South Carolinas on February 3rd, the first sanctioned contest of the 2024 nominating race under new Democratic National Committee rules. But local supporters launched the late write-in effort to both marshal support for Biden and send a message to the National Party about New Hampshire's coveted century-long tradition of holding the nation's first primary. which you might know, you know, they were deprived of this by the racial animus of the Democratic Party. They hate white people, the Democrats, you see. And so they were like, listen, you white people in New Hampshire, you know, we haven't diversified your state enough yet with the refugee resettlement and dropping off the prisoners there. After we're done, we'll see about, you know, letting you vote in primaries again. It's taken way too long to destroy you. In an interview, uh, but local supporters launched the riding campaign. Oh, okay. In an interview, Sullivan said she began receiving calls Sunday evening from those who had received the message. A woman who said she spoke, to, uh, she, a woman she spoke to, told her that Biden had called her, though she said she was not a Biden supporter. "Quote: I said you got a call from Joe Biden. You gave my and he gave you my number," Sullivan said. She responded. A volunteer for the write-in effort also received the call and recorded it. Sullivan said and shared it with organizers of the Biden writing campaign. One of the organizers then shared it with NBC News. It's not clear how many voters received the call or what types of voters were targeted. Lists of voters' phone numbers can readily be purchased from data brokers. And Sullivan said that while it is not clear who is behind the robocall, it's obviously somebody who wants to hurt Joe Biden. Quote, I want them to be prosecuted to the fullest extent possible because this is an attack on democracy, said Sullivan, an attorney, who said she believed the call could violate several laws. I'm not going to let it go. I want to know who's paying for it, who knew about it, who who benefits. So here's, that's pretty funny in itself, right? Oh, hey, don't go vote in the Republican primary, okay? We're not having a Democrat primary. If you go vote in the Republican primary, you know, you're only helping Donald Trump. And they say that this is designed to hurt Joe Biden. Why? Well, because anybody who's stupid enough to believe this, first of all, is going to be one of the people who's stupid enough to vote for Nikki Haley, right? Nobody who's dumb enough to believe this is a Trump supporter, you see. And nobody who would respond to don't help Donald Trump is, you know, a Trump supporter, very obviously, right? Right. So the Biden campaign is, you know, for very good reason believes that they're better off running against Nikki Haley, which is obvious, right? I think it was on the on the uncensored show. we were talking about Nikki Haley cheated on her husband, no fewer than two with no fewer than two men, I should say, not two times, but like many times with at least two men. And the media is just like, I, they they're like, "Oh, what? We have no idea that Nikki Haley's having sex with other men behind her husband's back and then pretending that she's completely faithful to him. Because they're waiting until after the primary, you see. And then as soon as she would, if, if she's not going to be, but where she to become the Republican nominee? It would immediately become, Nikki Haley's a whore, don't you know? But they want to run against her, you know. She said she also plans to engage with federal law enforcement. Biden campaign manager Julie Chavez Rodriguez said that the campaign is actively discussing additional actions to take immediately. Sullivan was party chair in 2002 when a so-called phone jamming effort was carried out during a hotly contested U.S. Senate race. Two Republican officials, including the executive chair of the state Republican Party and a Republican National Committee operative, were convicted of using computer-generated robocalls to disrupt Democrats' get-out-to-vote call center operations. State officials are speaking out against the calls. Secretary of State Dan Scanlon said the calls, quote, reinforce a national concern about the effect of artificial intelligence on campaigns. Senator Maggie Hassan, Democrat in New Hampshire, said she hopes to the, op- the attempt to dampen turnout for Biden will backfire. Well, <laughs> this is the big joke, right? The whole entire point of the call is that you're going to turn out for Biden. What they're concerned about, it's going to dampen turnout for Nikki Haley. That's the big joke. I urge granite staters to make sure their friends and neighbors know the truth and turn out in even bigger numbers to write in Nikki Haley. (laughs) I mean, President Biden's name. The campaign of Representative Dean Phillips of Minnesota, who is challenging Biden for the nomination, said it was not aware of the calls but called them wildly concerning. Any effort to discourage voters is disgraceful and unacceptable. affront to democracy, spokesperson Katie Dolan said. The potential use of AI to manipulate voters is deeply disturbing. A spokesperson for Trump's campaign said, you guys are a bunch of cucks. Shut up. We don't care. That's not actually what they said in NBC News. A spokesperson for Trump's campaign denied any connection to the call saying, not us. We have nothing to do with it. Well, that's unfortunate because that'd be pretty funny, huh? I would love to start doing the robocall thing. You know, you have to be careful. You don't want to end up like Ricky Vaughn and be like, oh, well, you've been, you know, because your thing was so stupid, it's obviously racist because you're trying to take advantage of low IQ people. And we all know who they are because we're a bunch of racists, actually. And so, like, you can't do that, you know. But I'd love to find out, like, what the rules are for for robocalls and, and abide by them for real. You know, because I mean, they've taken all these you know avenues of trying to promote. Like, could I go do robocalls and be like, "You should listen to my podcast"? I think I can do that. You know, just go buy long lists of phone numbers. I bought a voice over IP, like a SIP trunk. I actually bought the service. I was testing. I have my own like PBX installed here. I haven't really used it. Uh, Excuse me, I'm stretching a little bit. Uh, Oh, it feels good. Um. But I installed a PBX here, and I was looking into. I have a, a an applic- I have two different PBX softwares installed, both on like uh, virtual machines on a computer locally. And I bought a SIP trunk because I want to do the robocall thing. And I think that that could be pretty powerful. You know, like I said, you don't want to do you don't want to do this. You don't want to become Ricky Vaughn and be like, yeah, don't vote because you're black or whatever. That you're gonna get in a lot of trouble for that. But can we call people and be like, yeah, check out Surreal Politics. I'll play this clip for you. You hang up whatever you want, you know. Can I call – can I just run around and call people, like, through robocalls and be like, hey, my name is Christopher Catwell. I'm really talented. Would you like to listen to a segment of my podcast? If not, hang up because it's about to start. <laughs> and I'll play – what clip should I do? I think I'll do – um. Uh, probably, on, you know, Beauty Revisited is like 42 minutes long. Very few people are going to stay on the phone that long. But uh, maybe I'll do like either words or weapons or um, consequences of masking or, uh, you know, one of these. I could do Unknown Soldier Memorial Day. You know, we'll do the Memorial Day. We'll be like, hey, check this out. You know, this is my Memorial Day bit. I'll do my, you know, just we'll, we'll do it all the time. It'd be a lot of fun. And, you know, you could help me do that if you want. If you go and you give me money, right? If you pay me to do the show, then I'll have money to spend on things. And that'd be a great idea. Surrealpolitics.com slash donate. ChristopherCantwell.com slash donate. uh, ChristopherCantwell.net slash donate. I don't own ChristopherCantwell.com anymore. A bunch of crooks stole it from me. But, you know, I have the .NET and I think I'm gonna get you I'm gonna get you another link soon like a specifically a very simple pay me link uh, anything I try to make it very easy to pay me of course you know giveson go.com slash spm edgy Chris on cash app I'll read off my Monero keys now I'm kidding of course you will get the crypto keys on those pages if you have uh, Bitcoin you want to send me Bitcoin and you don't want to send it to the to the public key that I have there send me an email and I'll give you a fresh key I have like you know obviously I have other you know, Bitcoin wallets and stuff. And so if you want like privacy for your Bitcoin transactions, just be like, hey, give me a key to send Bitcoin to, and I'll give you a fresh one that nobody's used before, okay? I'm very happy to do that. ChristopherCantwell.net slash contact or or, or slash contact. Either one of those websites will get you there. I'm notoriously easy to get a hold of. You might have heard I do a call in radio show. You're allowed to call the phone number 217 688 1433, but nobody has done that tonight. So I'm going to call tonight. I'm going to call it. I'm going to call tonight. I've had fun talking, not to you, but at you. I'm looking forward to speaking with you in the future. that would be swell. Love when you guys call into the show. And we're going to figure out ways to get people to do that more often. And well, maybe we'll get people who actually, like, don't agree with us if we start doing robocalls. I think that would be a lot of fun. I really want to try to do it. So go ahead, pay me, and subscribe, follow, like, share, do all the things that, you know, all the, uh, all the, all the other podcasters tell you to do because that's uh that's how things happen you know they get things done you you like follow share subscribe you pay and then I just uh you know and then my talents are in front of all these other people and then they pay and then we're not ripping off Tony Soprano anymore it's kind of the idea right so we'll be back obviously obviously we'll be back Wednesday for the member show because those guys pay for the show and I gotta do something for them and then Friday you know you know, I, I have to do the Friday thing because that's a lot of fun. We're cursing up a storm on the Radical Agenda. It's a good time. So you want to be on the mailing list, Campwell.net slash subscribe. And you want to be following me on everything, Telegram. You know, you get the Telegram thing. Like if you have, uh, you know, an Apple, you should probably throw it in the garbage. You get get an Android phone. And then you can sideload. You know, you can sideload is what they call that's the That's the term when you're avoiding the Google Play Store and they're crooked practices where they tell telegram hey you know i understand that web browsers are allowed to help people buy drugs or whatever but you guys can't have christopher kentwell on your app and they're like but we can't censor people because we're telegram and google's like okay well i'll tell you what you can keep christopher kentwell on telegram you just have to make sure that your google play store app is disabled right we don't want the google play store apps to function properly understand you have to you have to get rid of the best stuff on the google play store apps because we're a bunch of crooks and criminals and then they're like okay fine you guys you guys are fine you guys can have a criminal you guys can have criminal apps okay so you know but uh, if you if you download it from telegram.org then you can then you can follow me it's actually follow Chris it's the telegram channel you wouldn't want to get caught up in any of those impersonators one tele, one thing telegram's really bad about is deleting spam and impersonators. it's at follow Chris on telegram. Um, And so you can do that if you have an Android phone and then you download it from telegram.org, but not if you download it from the Google Play Store. If you're on Apple, you can only do it if you have, you know, you could do it on the web browser on your Apple phone, but, you know, Apple's a bunch of criminals, too, and so, you know. Oh, that's really loud. What are you doing? That's supposed to be like the little, that's the door creaking. It's not supposed to be really loud. I had to turn that all the way up so we could hear that idiot Barbara Lee lie on CNN. And then hear the uncomfortable silence of Caitlin Collins' eyes being like, oh my God, I'm looking like a complete idiot because of this moron on my show. <laughs> We're going to have so much fun this year, guys. New Hampshire, Donald Trump's going to take New Hampshire. If Nikki Haley is still in the race come South Carolina, she's going to get embarrassed. It's going to be a complete silence Circus. They have no idea what they're getting themselves into. And we're gonna in we're gonna laugh our balls off all year. And then Donald Trump's gonna become president of the United States again. And you're gonna see that freak in like Times Square or wherever it was. And we'll be making fun of her for the next four years. Then I'll be president. See you soon, thanks for tuning in.